Welcome back to the Travis Says Podcast. We're your host, Kim and Aaron. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about social IQ and social etiquette, something that we've been seeing for a long time, but really came to the forefront. We just feel like it's going to be a good conversation. Welcome back. Look at us. Two weeks in a row. Hell yeah. We're, we're, we're back in the flow. We are. I, it feels good. It does. It does. We went for a walk this morning. It's a beautiful Florida day. Uh, not a cloud in the sky. Breezy, cool, sunny. I mean, the typical day. Like, of course, Kim was like, today's the best day for brunch. I know. I, I've, been, I've been craving like a long lunch, brunch, sitting outside, oysters, wine, or espresso martini, mm. just like that kind of outdoor long lunch vibe. And yeah. this weather is so beautiful. And so it's like, I felt like it's calling to me. I'm like, let's go. Let's go have a lunch. Aaron's like, dude, we have so much to do today. And, and I'm on freaking call tonight. It's We're recording this on a Sunday. I'm on call tonight. Um, and so the time is limited. And so we're really... We have to fine tune all the details with Peru as we're getting closer to that. We're like a month out, five weeks out, and then finishing up Bali so that we can go ahead and get that out and share that with the world. So we have we have so much to do. Aaron's like, uh, we're not like going to have a lunch today, well, but and, okay. my thing was my argument for that was yeah, that yes, there's so many days that we can go out and do that. But there's not that many days in Florida that is like this, yeah. right? Because most of the time it's like 90 degrees, it's humid. When you have days like this, I feel like you have to execute it or execute. <laughs> execute on your idea. Like you have to like really go for it. You got to go all in and like embrace it. Yeah. It's very uh, Seattle, Seattle and Seattleite. Yeah. Seattleite mentality of like when we have sunshine, we go. You, you, like, go. You, you go you go camping you go out you go bike riding you you find the sun yeah and so with florida it's the same way well i was clearly shot down because here we are recording the podcast oh we wanted to. no do i this. know and and i know that tonight when i'm on call it will feel really good to, to not be like <laughs> well to have all this stuff done also because i'm on call and like well i can't really be like drinking uh espresso martinis so i'm not on call till 10 p.m so i will will say too it's funny because you mentioned we have this beautiful weather because this is our favorite time in florida from like basically january to april may like time um but also we have all these things going on we also have like family things going on that we have to go you know we're going to tennessee we have my grandmother i mean there's just a lot there's a lot going on that we're figuring out so so we're doing the best here we are. I was going to say something and I forgot. Well, I can jump in. Okay, go. Before we get into this podcast, did you know that Kim and I host adventure trips? <laughs> <laughs> did you catch that vibe? If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know, now you know. We have done Patagonia this year. Uh, we did Peru last year. We're doing Peru again in five weeks. We're doing Bali in the 1st of September. Um, and we're doing Oaxaca, Mexico in the end of October. And sneak peek only for our podcast listeners, because I feel like you guys are such a, um, what, what's the word I'm looking Inside for? Inside group? Yeah. Like you get, you, you get the tea. Like I feel like yeah. we're all friends. Like we're close here. We're yeah. like family, Travis yeah. says families here. 
Um, and as we're recording this podcast, I'm literally getting notifications going off on my phone about this villa mm. that we are renting in Bali. It's a private villa overlooking the ocean. And it has... In Uluwatu. In Uluwatu with a private chef to make us breakfast, lunch, dinner. There's a pool. Everyone has their own private room. Like it and is... And bathroom. And bathroom. It is such a vibe. It is so beautiful. And we are going to rent this to kick off our first two days in Bali. Um, and I am so... Because Bali is very... Um, like villas are kind of a thing there. And what I love about the, the the villas, I guess, or just the architecture of Bali is a lot of, it is just outdoor space. So your living room is outdoors, but it's covered. Your kitchen, a lot of bathrooms are outdoors, which I've never seen that kind anywhere of else. a vibe anywhere in the world. It's very unique to Bali. And I love it. Like, I'm here for that. Yeah. And this has such a beautiful, like, outdoor common yeah. space. Yeah, it's just... I'm really excited. I feel like this trip is going to be a really good mix of luxury and adventure and culture and food and all of our favorite things. But this will really be the first trip that I think we're including more of a luxury experience. Yeah, because a lot of our stuff is super rustic. We're in tents, we're camping, we're hiking, we're, you know, in remote areas or in the mountains, which we also love. And this trip will have a lot of adventure because that's, you know, Mm -hmm. like our thing like we're ATV whitewater rafting bike riding a uh, tour like an active volcano, a volcano hike yeah so there will definitely be a lot of adventure woven in but some really nice relaxing days like yeah a couple, like one or two relaxing days and staying in really nice places yeah. so I'm excited I'm excited to share this group Bali is our trip, Bali is one of our favorite places in the whole world. We've been saying that for so long. And I'm just excited to share it with people. Totally. And I really think it encompasses the entire experience of what we've experienced and our extensive amount of time we spent in Bali. So we really tried to bring that forward to the people going on this trip of like, you know, people have a lot of different opinions about Bali based off of their experience. And when we've been there, it's felt like home to us and mm -hmm. we, we've loved it. Um, every minute of it and so it's like how do we bring that experience of what we've experienced to the people that go on these trips and I really think this trip encompasses all of it there's nothing missed no it's very it's a very unique itinerary yeah so I'm excited if you are interested today's well I'm saying today's Sunday you will not hear this podcast till Thursday yeah. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, if you make sure you are on the adventure trip list, if you're interested in learning more about the full itinerary, the price once we release it, all of that, we are only doing 10 people per group because we want it to be really small and create really unique, very boutique experiences. That is what we value and that is what we want to create for our trips and our group. So be super limited and um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. So make sure you're on that list if you have any interest in learning more about the trip, which you can do at imtravsess.com. And there's a tab there that says adventure trips and you can just click that and, add, and join the list. Boom. And that also gets you on the list for any trips that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. Yep, not just Bali. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. All right.
Okay. <laughs> so. 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 Um, this is a really interesting conversation that we've been having a lot of. We uh, we feel like the more people we meet, the more people we don't like. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. But, no, I'm not kidding. No. But I don't mean um, like I'm not. Ta- we're not talking about like the, on our trips. We love like the people who come on our trips. We're not talking about. Um, it's more just like people in general, like people you meet at, you know, the gym or people you run into in a public that you kind of are exchanging something with or, or just like just being around social social situations, the more like we're around people, the more we're just like, people have no freaking clue how to interact, be social, have conversation, have social awareness, self-awareness and like, or uh manners like people just don't fucking get it yeah totally. and i'm sick of it no i know and it, it's been the topic of kim and i's conversation and it was funny because the timing of which we were releasing this podcast is like post adventure trip and we're like we're really so we're not like, talking about we're the really trips. not talking about our trips because no. i think it really leads into the fact that it's elevated for kim and i because we have such a good group on these adventure trips and our conversations are so in-depth and we leave feeling that we got so much value from the people on our trips when it comes down to the social aspect. And it does become people that you want to associate with for the rest of your lives, right? These are people that you're like, I want to be involved in, in their lives and if we ever met. So when we come home and we're in social situations or we're out and about. Or on a contract on and a con- you're yeah. working with people. Like obviously as travelers, we work with so many different kinds of people. We get to meet a lot of different people. And so the people that we're working with are patients. Like you're just constantly around so many different types of people. And you just realize, you know, like the people we travel with on our trips and stuff are more like our kind of people or, you know, um, so, so, so social etiquette lesson number one, I didn't finish my thought. <laughs> oh, touche, Mr. Puff. Yeah. Touche. So I had one little so final I thing. So I stole uh, out of your book because usually you're the one interrupting. Wow, so now you're throwing stones instead <laughs> of taking in the lesson of what just happened <laughs> and using that as a, you know, a notch in the belt to be like, okay, I could have improved on that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, Not so stones, I will finish what I was facts. basically saying was, wow, stones, facts, like, I mean, potato, patata. Anyway, um, just saying that it's elevated for us when we return home because of the social feelings that we got on these trips. And so you're highly alert to social situations yeah. when you come home to be like, wow, they don't have the same amount of depth or manners or understanding or whatever you want to call it, social IQ. Yeah, so the word emotional IQ, I was listening to Call Her Daddy Daddy with Alex Cooper, who I love, and she was talking, and it was was really interesting because I felt like she used the term emotional IQ, and it put language around something that I always felt and talked about, but wasn't, didn't really know how to, to, yeah, and I was like, wow, that makes such sense, but she was saying... A lot of people 
aren't taught social social IQ or emotional IQ like you know people go off your intelligence IQ right but like what about your emotional IQ like how you are with people how you interact and her mom was a psychologist and so she said growing up that that was something that was always taught in their house it was about teaching her her mom would teach her how to have a conversation how to ask people questions how to interact with people how to know if your friend is upset can you be outside of yourself enough to recognize when someone else is upset or uncomfortable and how would you go and approach them and um, make them feel comfortable and being aware of how you're showing up are you talking too much are you asking questions are you you know, so absorbed with yourself that you're not saying hello to people. So she was just taught and I was like, wow, that's such a beautiful thing. Like what a great parenting tip um, to be able to teach a child that can grow into an adult to be self-aware and to be thoughtful of others and to know how to interact and be conversational, which you would think is just a human trait. But I feel like it's something that majority of people that we meet in life do not have that they don't correct and, and i and i think it's crazy that um it's not taught in schools i think that's one mm -hmm. of those things that like there should be a social iq like class that every kid goes through every grade and it progresses as you get older right i mean i just think it's such a valuable lesson because we are social beings right but it's insane if you actually look at what is going on socially and how we communicate, it's insane. Like, and I do think it leads to a lot of the issues that we have in the world. I mean, generally, if you really break it down to like I've always said with like the leadership of like 10 steps of why, it's always been the most valuable thing I've ever learned in leadership period. And I've taken it into my own life of like, it's not the first thing, go 10 steps of why to get to the bottom of it. And it's like communication is insane. It's just not, yeah, it's, I mean. It's interesting to know that you said that because I think this is kind of a side note because it's not really about, but, but the whole 10 steps to why, because I feel there's so many things that I'll be in a conversation and people will say something about whatever. And, and I'm like, well, why do they feel that way? Or why is that important to them? Or why do you think they do that? And it's like, oh, I don't know. And it's, I feel like there's so much value you can get from just inquiring to somebody about, you know, why are you interested in that? Or why are you feeling this way? Or why do you do this? And like really getting under the hood, the people do things for a certain reason. And when you can ask why and try to get to the bottom of that, like you can get so many answers, right? Instead of just, does that make sense what well, I'm saying? 100%. And I mean, it's exactly like, I mean, Kim and I are going to get into the story just because like we were raised completely differently. But I think just from a learning thing, like the two takeaways that I've had that have helped me grow, well, two of three, I will say, is number one, God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we speak, which I think was like, wow, that was so like profound in like just that little line of like, wow, you're so right. And then number two was hearing that a lot of people, especially in the world that we are surrounded in and that we consume, um, basically say like a lot of people will say the most interesting people in the rooms are the ones that are inquire and ask questions and, and try to learn, not the ones that talk all the time. 
And I, I thought, like, I looked at myself and I'm like, wow, I've always been the loud talker in the room. And if I'm sharing more, I seem more interesting. And that's actually not true even in my own, like, looking back. Like, I've felt that other people were super interesting and they actually didn't share that much. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were inquiring about me and I was, I was the one talking all the time. And it's like, wow, like, yeah. it's insane. I think... We'll kind of break all of that down because I feel like when we're talking, so we're talking about emotional IQ, which is like one thing. It's kind of emotional IQ, social IQ are intertwined, but the emotional intelligence of just being kind of self-aware, the social is more about like being social and in friendships and conversations and stuff and kind of breaking more of that down, like throughout this podcast of what we mean by that and kind of our take on it and our experience with it. Because honestly, like what you were just saying, nobody wants, sorry, nobody wants to be in a conversation with somebody talking about themselves the whole time. (laughs) Honestly, no one gives a flying fuck and you're annoying. Like honestly, and you want it to be a a back and forth shared experience. Mm. Right. And I think, well, let's put a pin in that. Should we circle back to that? Yeah. 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 And go and talk about the, our upbringing first yeah. and then we can circle yeah, into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I have a lot to say about that. And like, we have just had so many experiences with this where I'm just like, I can't, I'm done. I can't handle it anymore. And I'm going to be very specific with who I choose to spend my time with, totally. honestly. Okay. We'll circle back to that. But to give some context about, you know, how we were both raised. Because I do think like what I was saying about Alex is from a very early age, her mom instilled that in her, right? And now she's an adult and she is a very aware of things, right? And, and I just think that's like really powerful as a parent to do. So when I was being raised, my stepdad, so I had this notebook, it was a journal basically. And if I got in trouble, I did something like I would, it was like the dumbest shit. Like I would get in trouble for like giving, they called it eyebrows, <laughs> which I still do as an adult. Yeah. I'll like give Aaron eyebrows and he'll be like, don't look at me like that. Mm. But I would like give a face and they called it eyebrows and I would like have to go to my room for something. Well, like you that. would get a check, which then each check represented 30 minutes, right? Yes. Lower bedtime. Yes. So you'd be in bed at like 4.30 p.m. while your friends were out like playing. Which is actually genius as a parent. If you th- So we had, it was called the check system. And it, we had this big whiteboard. And if we did, so if we talked. Wait, you had a whiteboard? Oh, yeah. Where do you think For I, the check system? Where do you think like my love was, of whiteboards. I didn't know my it was mom, a whiteboard. We would have whiteboards on our refrigerator so you could write down if you needed something. And then we had whiteboards for the check system. Wow, yeah, but that's my mom funny because the check system is a negative thing, but you love whiteboards so much. Yeah, I think because huh. it was just very organized and clear. Like you could see very clearly your check and why you got the check. Mm. And then, so the check system was if we, there were like if, I, if we spoke badly or we um, talked back or I gave eyebrows or whatever, <laughs> like dumb shit, I would get a check. And each check was 30 minutes off bedtime. So if you got five checks, my bedtime was already like eight. Then you were, I was in bed so early. So like as a parent, you know, you're like so smart, your kid's going to bed. But they did, they held to that. So that was the fun part is, so Dave is my stepdad who is like basically my dad who raised me. And we love Gibbs, that's what we call him. And he would give me a bunch of checks and then he was always a softie. So 
he, we love to play basketball together. So he would be like, let's go out and shoot hoop. God, it's the worst. <laughs> Aaron gets so the mad. The worst. Shoot hoop. Shoot hoop. Let's like, go play I, some hoop. I don't know why that cringes. It's like people's <laughs> thing with moist and like different words, but shoot, shoot hoop. Like, I just can't. You I, can't handle I, I it. I cannot do it. I cringe every time. So now anyway. I have to say it. Over I know. Over. I know. Good. So we'd go shoot hoop. <laughs> we'd like play horse or we'd play like a little like one-on-one. And if I won, then I would get a certain amount of checks off. Mm-hmm. Right? So Dave's always good for a good wager. Yeah, he is. Totally. So I would end up getting some back and whatever. So I thought that was a genius thing. Not at the time. But now I think I might even do the check system. And it was very clear. It was very, you know, there wasn't a lot of gray area. It was just like you knew if you did certain things, like I would storm off or I would, you know, give an attitude or say no or whatever. There were certain things that I did that like I knew if I would get a check. Sometimes I didn't care. So that was smart. But if I did get a check or I did, um, you know do something instead of just being like go to your room i had this journal and they would my mom too they would i would go to my room but i had to write in my journal so i had to write what what would i have done differently like what do i think was the issue what would i have done differently or how could i have changed my perception around it Um, just all like they would put a list of questions of different things that I would have to answer about what happened and why I was now in my room and separate from the rest of the family or couldn't play with my friends or whatever, or lost TV privileges, whatever the reason was or whatever the consequence was. And I would go in my room and I would be so annoyed because I'm like, why can't I just be like a normal kid who just has to go sit in their room? Why do I have to like think through this? And, and I couldn't come out until I did the assignment. So, and they were very like followed through with that. So there was no like games of like, can I come out now? I was like, do your, do your assignment. And when you're done, we're going to go over it and we'll talk about it. So we were big talkers about everything emotional. We never put anything under the rug or pushed anything under the rug. It was very, we would talk through things and how could we have done this differently? And so I feel like even though it annoyed me at the time, I actually still have that journal so it's kind of fun to like look through. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but um, I think as a parent to teach a child to not just go to your room, you're in trouble, but to have me walk through what I thought happened and what I could do differently for growth, I think is so genius. And I think that's been instilled in me. And now as an adult, I always think like that. I'm Go ahead. But what does that have to do with social IQ? So emotional IQ is about being self-aware, right? Being aware of what was your part in this? Like, how can you, how can you grow from this? How can you learn from this? How did you affect how someone else was feeling? What did I do that affected how you were feeling, right? How could I have done that differently? How could I have made you feel differently? Like it's being emotionally aware of your surroundings and how you're affecting other people, hmm. right? Okay. And so I think Tracking. that, the, yeah, Tracking. the track. So mm-hmm. I think that that helped me 
always kind of the emotional intelligence about like being smart and like being emotionally smart. Well, I guess I was going to just ask about, I guess, cause we were talking about socially, right? Socially in a group, socially in like in an environment, like you're saying that basically that awareness allowed you to continue on as an adult and be aware of how you were affecting other people, whether it be socially or through action. Yeah. And to, to think through things, I think pe- like people don't even think about things of they just, they do something and maybe there's something comes out of it, but there's no like pause, like to how could I have done this differently? How could I grow from this? How can I learn from this? I think people who are into self growth and self development and wanting to be better and wanting to be thoughtful and think about things are people with a higher emotional IQ. Like they're able to, I would agree. Right? Like, I feel like they, they, like, I feel like I process things. I think about other people. I think about how I'm showing up. I take accountability. I don't feel like I am somebody who plays victim or who blames, even though that was always my nickname. Dave would always call me the The blamer. blamer. But I feel like I'm somebody who takes accountability and takes ownership of my side of the street and tries to always be better from every situation that I come into. And I think because of that, I'm able to show up to a lot of different situations and be more intuitive and aware of what's going on around me. And also of like what my part is in, in what I play. Does that make sense? No, totally. And I think again, not just making this a podcast about you. So I just wanted to like, just ask this one question and then we can move on. We can on. make it about me. It's fine. Uh, no, totally. <laughs> I, like I think like, myself. where does that play in? Because I will say as your partner for so many years and having so many conversations, I will agree with you that you are constantly in an improvement state of like, even if you were wrong, like improving and getting better, even if you were right, but it came across wrong, you're still like, how can I readdress that? How can I re-communicate? How can I learn to communicate better? to express how I feel without being a certain way. And I will say that there has been a struggle because of the way you were raised with the fact that everything, nothing was swept under the rug. Everything was actually out in front. You had to address everything. You had to address why the deep why and the understanding actually is very, not everybody is like that. And that can come across as very like, whoa, like Well, the people boundary. that come across as, as whoa aren't my people. Well, I was just saying that you know like, you've I mean? even tried to address with people that are close to you because you'll assume that they're not giving you the full in-depth picture. You'll assume that you're not getting all the information because of a feeling you're having and things like that. And a lot of people don't want, they'll share with you what they want to share. And so I think from a social standpoint, that's, that's a growth thing that I have seen within you in the last five years is being like knowing that line of being too inquisitive and trying to grab things out of people that maybe they don't want to share other than just taking them for their word and being inquisitive to as much as they want to give you. Yeah, no, a hundred percent that you're, that is something I've had to very much work on. Yes. Is allowing people to share what they want to share. And I, I don't need to be inspector gadget or try to facilitate bringing things out in other or people. deeper conversations. Yeah. Like I really am in the, the place now, and this is more of people who are close, like really close to me, like not, you know, like people that. Yeah. You wouldn't do this at a party. <laughs> no, it's not a party trick. <laughs> yeah. It's just, 
yeah, like close people to me that I always feel like I want more and I want them to share more and I know there's more there and I would try to facilitate that and get, and it's like, I've definitely now have had to work on that because I always had this big expectation of, of what I wanted that person or those people to be. And, and I was putting so much energy into it and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're such a great example of that. Like I would put so much of that onto you, right? Where it's like, honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like do whatever you want to do. You're on your own journey. I'm not invested. Like I love you. You are my person, but like, I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to focus on myself. Like I'm going to focus on what I need to work on for myself and really not caring that much about what you do or other people. Well, I would say I, like, I stopped investing so much of my own energy into other people. And because of that, I feel so much freer. Right. But I will say too, like you have done a really good job of not expressing your expectation onto me, but trying to understand my thought process. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the line, right? It doesn't matter if you feel that I should be a certain way because that is your thought. But it's about trying to understand, like you said, actually thinking that people don't do things without a reason. And like you've actually tried to like understand it through my point of view, which has actually helped me kind of express it better. Yeah. And so I think that's that's a social skill. Yeah. That you've developed in the past like five years. I feel like, yeah, we're digressing into a completely different conversation. But yeah, yeah. 100%. I think, um, again, I, I we're not sitting here saying that we are... Uh, <laughs> Professional. We, yeah, we have like 100% <laughs> emotional IQ and we're like the best at all social situations no. or growth or whatever. We are always working and growing ourselves and we have a lot of things that we're still continuously working on. I think it's just, this was a, a conversation that we had that we're like, dude, I feel like we've got to bring this up. Totally. It's a conversation that it almost feels like a public service announcement in a way of just like communicating like how we're seeing it and like, do other people see this too? So the last thing I'll say for just my childhood is the talking thing I, I do. I was very aware, right, in conversation as a, as a child to share, learn to share, and learn to, to have a, an exchange of mm -hmm. a conversation where it wasn't always just about me. I was taught, like, ask about this person or, or, you know what I mean? I think that's so important to learn as a kid, like, that it's not just about you. It's about asking other people questions and, and answering questions and going back and forth. And so I think that's another thing that I've taken into my adulthood that has served me in... Uh, social settings mm -hmm. because I know how to have a conversation because I was taught that mm -hmm. and I love to talk and I, sometimes I that's something else I've, I've been like wait you're over talking like you need to like stop mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm aware enough to know when I start doing that and then I can scale it back yeah and I almost think to a fault in a way too because a lot I'll of times you, sure, you, yeah. sh you should have shared more but because you're so hyper aware Am I sharing too much? Am I the one talking too much? Like I should ask a question now. You lose the depth of what you're saying, which could be beneficial to somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think obviously no matter what we have in life, whether it be positive or negative, there's always a flip side to it. Whatever is positive still could have a negative. Whatever's negative could have a positive, right? And it's they're, they're the duality of that, like in any situation. And I think just briefly, I can wrap up my way of like I was... I was uh, rewarded for being in the spotlight as a kid, right? Like 
But I do think on the flip side of that, where my parents did instill is I always wanted to be in the spotlight and I always wanted to be in the mix. Whereas my sister always wanted to be away from the mix. So like for me, I was told that I could hang out with the adults if I could learn and adapt and be like the adults. And if I ever stole the limelight from the adults that were in the room, then I had to leave. And so I did learn that skill of like allowing people to talk. And then when it was my turn, then I could share. And so, but then it was always like, you know, I always got attention for the antics and the craziness and the, and the spotlight and the overdramatic and like as a kid. So that was almost rewarded, which I think did affect me later in life. And I also have a mom who she speaks in question. So like she asks so many questions to so many people. That's how she talks because it diverts away from her. So she can ask about other people that everything in my conversations was always answering a question that was being given to me. So I never asked questions of other people. It was always me sharing, right? And so I think like that was another lesson. And it wasn't until in 2014, I mean, shit, I was like after my 30s uh, when, God. Well, I wanted to just say that uh, the what, because you're talking about being in the spotlight, right? It's like, yes, your mom, you were always a center of attention. You, you know, just that you're, you were always the one like wanting to be the star, right? Mm-hmm. And that was enforced in, in the family and your friends and all that. And so when, when you and I met, that's the thing that I love the most about you is that I felt you were so friendly and fun and open and you were like easy to be with because you were the life of the party and you were just friendly and you just felt very comfortable and relaxed with you because you also were this big personality. And... I was like, dude, this guy is so cool and he's fun, he's funny, and he's got this big, bold personality. And then when we started dating, <laughs> it then kind of became like, wow, like you're overshadowing you're me. So you always have to be center of attention that you don't let anyone else have that. Where I felt like you would just, I was like, you were trying to just make me your shadow because you just, you couldn't share it with anybody. So it was like, what I fell in love with you then became kind of like, okay, bro. Back it off. But it was funny because I remember actually having the conversation with you of like, you like being the life of the party too. And we're together. And so fight your way in. Like if you're not providing, and then I had to realize like, I need to back off and you need to come forward a little bit in those situations. And I think like, it was just funny, like you saying that because you you were the life of the party in your mix, mm-hmm. and then I was the life in my mix, and that together is boom. But it, there's no room for those two people, and I think we've learned as a couple over the years to allow you your space to do you. I support that, and then when it's my time, you support me. Mm-hmm. When I'm when I'm the you know, it's like we pass off being the star. Yeah, yeah, and making room for both. Like, which is difficult. I think, you know, it's interesting because I do, I I feel like you and I are both these big personalities and, and, you know, we both like to be center of attention and, and not a negative way, but I think we just both have bold personalities. Like we like to be in the mix. I want to be the one, you know, dancing and talking and like in the conversation i'm we're not wallflowers like we're never going to be those people who just feel comfortable 
not being in the mix. Fading in the background. We like to be in the mix. I want to be up in there having a good time, like running the charge, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's just our personalities. And so I think together we're very dynamic and I think we have a really great um, balance and we're both like, we add a lot of fuel and energy to like everywhere we go and what we do. And I think we've just learned to, in conversation, because like sometimes I would feel you know, we would be telling a story and you would just kind of bull charge me and tell the whole story and I wouldn't even get to very true get to say anything. So it was like learning more of like we each can share, we each can talk. Like mm-hmm. and so that so I think like we we've I mean we've been together for so long now. I think over the years we've had to learn how to find that groove of just like hey, you talk too much and I feel like you got to let me in because it's like, I just feel like I'm sitting there and you're not letting me in. Well, I would say just the only thing I want to say to that is it's not because we've been together long enough. It's because we've intentionally had those conversations of like, I started that conversation at dinner and you bulldozed the entire thing and told the story the way you wanted to. And that was the story that I wanted to tell. And then it was like, wow, you're right. Like, I didn't even know I did that. And mm-hmm. so it was like the awareness and then the willingness to be like, no, when you're telling a story, you tell it. Mm-hmm. And I can be your hype man. And that's kind of like how I've looked at it. Like when you're telling a story, I'll be your hype man. I'll add here and there if I see something to see fit. But it's like you're you're in the spotlight. You, yeah. you go. Like you're singing your song. Well, and just having a mutual exchange of a conversation, right? Which I think goes into exactly what we have struggled with in, in social situations. With others. Did Yeah. Did you want to say anything else? Yeah, I did. I just wanted to say like the third thing that I was going to say that was the most powerful lesson that I've ever had. And it literally triggered an emotional response where I ended up in tears because I had never heard language put to me in a way that I could understand it in a sports reference that literally was like, wow, like I am bad at this. And it was when I was working at Stanford Children's, my director thought since I was in a leadership position, that it would be good for me to talk to a leadership psychologist. And it's about conversation and how to have conversation at work and emotions at work and all those kinds of things. It was one of the most valuable things in my shout life. Shout out Steve. Shout out Steve and shout out Lori for that. Like that was really cool that she would give up her resources that were given to her and pay for me to have resources um, that I could learn and grow. And that was, in that span was probably the most growth I've ever had as a human being. Um, not only because I was seeing a lot of my faults right in my face, but I was also had the resources enough to address the faults and have the language around it to really start this self-awareness and self-improvement process. And that's when it started, when I was in my 30s. And so it's been like top, top of the line. But the I'll never forget, we were having a conversation and he was asking me a bunch of questions, typically referring to like how I'm used to. My mom always asked me a bunch of questions. And so I was just in my flow and I was answering, answering, answering. And he stopped me, and I'll never forget this. He said, Aaron, you're a baseball player. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, if we were playing catch right now, and I threw you the ball, and you just held the ball the entire time and never threw it back to me, we wouldn't be playing catch. It would, there would be no point in us being out there. That's the same thing that you do in a conversation. I threw you the ball, you held the ball for so long and never threw the ball back to me. So you need to practice throwing the ball back. Playing catch is the act of playing catch is catching it, holding it, throwing it back. Catching it, holding it, throwing it back. Or else you're not playing catch. 
And so you need to start learning that in a conversation style. You catch the ball, say a couple things, throw the ball back. And I was just like, mind blown. Yeah. Like, holy, I'm getting goosebumps. I mean, look, I have like massive goosebumps now because of the effect that that it, had. It's such a simple concept that you think is so universally known, right? I feel like he needs to do like a TED talk. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, it's so simple, but so valuable and so tangible to understand and like conceptualize of, of the, okay, I have the ball, I'm going to share. And because we're in, in a conversation, it's not me talking to a wall or to myself. We're on a podcast. I'm with you. Yeah, on a <laughs> podcast or we're just like, blah, 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 which is like, this is a Listen great, to us. this is a great outlet for two people who have our kind of personalities. Yes. Um, but I'm not, I'm in a conversation. So I'm going to throw that ball back. I'm going to give you a chance. And then you're going to, and you keep going back and forth. And I feel like so many people just don't throw the ball back. Get that. And I just never realized what an issue this was. There's no, there's no social or situational awareness. Like being with, with somebody who talks and talks and talks and talks and never comes up to breathe, never comes up for air, never allows you then to come in. Throw the ball back. And 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 say something. It's like they move it on to the next topic. They moved on to the next topic. And you're just like, I've been sitting here for 10 minutes why you have rambled on some bullshit that no one cares about. And I'm sitting here listening to you. And then you try to say something when they finally take a pause to get in there and then they interrupt you and it's you're just like and I understand there's some people like that but what is boggling my mind is that almost everybody that we come in contact with in in so many different situations are very much like that and I feel like they need to have Steve on speed dial no, totally. And I, I do, it's just funny that you said he should have a TED Talk. And I actually started to think, is there somebody that does a TED Talk on this? Because if not, I'm open to have the conversation on the TED stage about like social, like understanding yeah. conversations. Because I've always even said, just because we speak English doesn't mean we're communicating. And that's like a huge thing because it's like you realize, like again, it's hard because it's like there's been so many situations and you literally have walked in and not like, you're like, Hey, like, how's, how's life? How's business? How's, how's, how was your trip? How's your kids? How's this? How's that? And then you're just like, I just realized in 45 minutes, not one time did they come up for air. Not one time did they ask us about any sort of trip that we just went on. I mean, we were just in the southernmost part of the world. Did that come up? Or we were in Peru. Did that come up? Or healthcare traveling? Did that come up? Our business? Did that? Nothing. Not one time. And it's like, wow, like that's insane to me. Yeah. I think that's the the biggest thing is being, again, a conversation is a, a shared experience. It's a shared exchange, right? You're going back and forth and you're sharing. And that's what's fun about a conversation. It's like, you're telling a story. I'm telling a story. I'm weighing in on what you said. You're, we're going back and forth. Like I'm inquiring more. When you are in a conversation with somebody who doesn't ask you at all about yourself, I have zero time for people like that in my life. Like at all, not even a little bit. Like you're so self-aware that you have, or self, self-aware. You're so self-involved that Absorbed. you're going on and on and on. Like, so I, as an example, I had, I grew up, 
with um, one of my best friends from back home. And and we were like sisters. We were so close. And so we started healthcare. Like we started traveling years ago or 10 years ago. And I remember I came back home. But it was a long gap. It was like a year. It was like a while. Yeah. And I came home and we met for lunch. And I was so excited to like catch up on all these things. And again, I had been on this incredible adventure like my whole life had changed and and we didn't talk that much while I was away like here and there but not like real like depth connection so I was so excited to go meet and and connect and go over all the things and share all the things and catch up with her and and we went to lunch and she I remember like talked for an hour about some drama bullshit about from our small town no one cares about on and 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 Never once that entire lunch was she like, so how's life? Like, what, what is it like you're, you left home, you're traveling now, like what's going on? Like, I want to hear about it. How are you? Are you missing? Whatever. Not one question was directed towards me and in my life. It was all about her. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want friends like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're at a place in adulthood where we all have a lot going on, whether you have kids or, you know, you're traveling or you have a business or whatever, we have limited time. And it's like, I want to be spending time with people that I feel like when we're together, we're adding value to each other's lives. We're sharing, like it's a mutual exchange of life. It's not one sided. Like Mm -hmm. I can't do one sided. And, and that was like a big thing for me. And now I just feel like for people to be more aware of that. If you're listening to this and you feel like you are, if you have been talking for 30 minutes and have not allowed the other person to say a word and they're like sleeping with their eyes open, maybe take note of that and do better because nobody wants to be in a conversation with somebody like that, period. Well, I will say too, and like obviously like, yes, that was one instance, but we've been seeing that more and more. Like yeah. our, our case study has grown. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like you can pick and choose, be like, okay, I don't want to associate with that person anymore, but we've just been seeing that in multitudes. And oh it's God. like one of those things that like, not only that, like you have the people like that that don't ask. And so then as forceful people as we are, like being in the limelight, we do like to share. We do want to talk about the cool things that we do because people do like to talk about themselves. Great. Allow people the platform to do that. But it's crazy because then like you've just shared 30 minutes. I try to like, I find a little gap and I'm like, okay, let me see if I can get in here. You get three sentences in and they literally cut you off to another topic. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, that's insane to me. And that's happened recently with me. It's like, finally, like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to understand because I want to. Like, what's been going on? Okay, now, cool. Like, they didn't ask me a question. Maybe they're not connected as much to, like, be inquisitive to me. So, I'm just going to share to keep this conversation going And then it was just like interrupted within the first three minutes to another conversation about them. And it was just like, oh my God, like I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I can't. Don't, don't be that person. Like ask people questions. Like I think naturally I've always been like that. I, cause I genuinely like to learn about other people. I'm just interested. Like I like to talk about myself and share our life too, of course, but like I'm, I'm definitely an inquisitive person. I want to hear about other people. So I think that comes naturally for me. Clearly it does not come 
naturally to many people. Again, that's something you've worked on, right? Like it's, it's definitely a learn, you can, it's a learned behavior. So if you are somebody who feels like maybe you just kind of go, 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 and don't let people in, like really thinking about that of like, how can I ask about somebody else? How can I, you know, if somebody's sharing something with you, instead of you jumping right back into like, you know, something you want to say to go off on another tangent, follow up with something they said and ask them a question. Like, I feel like that, that exchange that, what, what's the word? Like just that conversation, that shared conversation is something that is so important for connection mm-hmm. and meaning. And that skill is lost in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's like not, not only that, like I will say too, like understanding and I'll, and I'll ask you because I think this is the same conversation that you and I had. And I said, number one, I struggle with if I don't really understand what they're saying, I don't know what questions to ask. And do I, and this sounds harsh, but do I technically care, right, about what they're saying? And that's where you've taught me. It's not about technically caring. It's about asking questions and not being scared to ask questions. Because if you don't understand something, what a better way to learn. And you might ask what you say, quote, unquote, is a stupid question. But actually, if somebody asked me a stupid question about how do you do YouTube, blah, 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 what's YouTube, like, or whatever, something that I would think like, wait, what? Like, I would be happy to explain that, right? There really is no such thing as a stupid question. No. And I think like, especially in a conversation, and I've had to learn that and get over my own insecurity about caring about what people are saying, even if I don't understand it, because then I can learn to inquire about it. I might learn something new. Yeah, totally. I think... It's also realizing who you are too. So I'm somebody who really values deeper connection. I love deep talks. That's just me. That's how I was raised. I'm very used to it. Obviously, I love to have fun and laugh and be silly. And like, I love all the dynamics of a relationship, but I'm definitely, I love a one-on-one connection or like going to dinner with a couple or something where you're just like really talking and connecting. I like deep conversation. Um, it doesn't always have to be like the deepest depths of your soul. But when I mean deep, I just mean like, I don't do small talk. And I think just knowing who you are, I don't like small talk. I'm not there to talk about the fucking weather and you know, the, the temperature out, whatever. Like I have no time or interest in mindless chatter. Mm -hmm. I want to have real conversations, laugh, have fun, talk about things that, that go somewhere and that add some value. And I'm not interested in putting energy into just like mindless shit. Yeah, no, totally. Just not I, I at think, all. That's just not who I am. I think we talked about that before we even went live on this podcast of just like small talk is how certain conversations get started, even if you don't know somebody. But like I asked you, like what level of small talk, like what is that? If you're like, I don't do small talk. Well, technically you do because you wouldn't have any conversations with anybody. So. Mm-hmm conversations start off as small talk, but then you said something really powerful. It was like, you can get a feel of where that's going. And when you said that, I was like, you're right. Like you can tell within the first couple lines, whether it's going to be something of depth. And we just literally were on a walk with Mimi, walked past a lady who had a pug on the porch and that was complete small talk, but there was value within the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I I don't know her story and I, I don't know anything, but it was like, we had an exchange that felt 
it, it felt a certain way. Yeah. And so it's like, that was awesome. And then it was like, bye, see you later, nice, you know, whatever. But it was like, there's a level to it. And it's like some of the conversations that I have from like a guy point of view is just like, wow. Like, yeah, it's insane. Like so, yeah, it's like, this isn't going anywhere. And I think like when we were talking about that, it's like, well, how long would you have small talk for, you know, before whatever, before you're over it? And I feel like we're just good at reading people mm. like I can tell very quickly if if like you're somebody I fuck with and like what I mean by that is you know if you start with small talk like I was I met somebody new um like last week whatever and I was like oh wow they're gonna they're like super cool like a work thing and I'm like oh they're gonna be like super cool like I'm kind of excited to get to know them a little bit better and then you start you know the small asking questions how do you get to know people you get to know people by asking them questions and seeing what you have in common and trying to play off of that and seeing where it goes right that's what we do as humans to connect and we just started talking it was like I quickly realized that they were going to be somebody that went on and on and on and on and didn't let me say a word. And then when I tried to chime in, they would cut me off and go down another tangent. Never once asked me about myself, never once asked me one question and just went on and on. And I was like, this is not somebody that I'm going to put energy into getting to know again. Like it's just very quickly. I feel like you can tell where you're like done. But then at that conversation, like even on our, um, our trips, right? We we're meeting new people. And when you're meeting new people, a lot of those conversations begin as small talk. You're asking questions, you're getting to know each other, you're seeing, you know, um, what interests you have, what do we have in common? And then you you go from there, right? But it kind of starts that way. But then the conversations end up in like great talks where you're like, wow, like, you know, you connect, but it goes somewhere. It doesn't just stop with like yeah. The bullshit, right? But you can tell very quickly there's a spider. It's not a spider. Um, if it's gonna go somewhere, mm -hmm. like the people, like when you're when they start opening up and like they're sharing, and then they ask you, and then you start talking, and then you're like, whoa, this is cool. And then you get onto this subject, and it's just like one of those. Like we have so many conversations like that on our trips where it starts off as something, and then we end up in a completely different conversation. We're like, how did we get here? But that was awesome. And you feel connected and you feel closer and you feel like you've really had a conversation that had some meaning to it yeah. and that it was a shared back and forth of just getting to know someone. And that is what I look for and crave when I'm trying to meet new people. Well, I mean, it was crazy because like, look at Adam and I on the first group of our Patagonia trip at that social gathering at Sierra Bagualis, we literally got locked into a oh conversation and it was going back and forth and back and forth. And I was sharing, he was sharing, I was asking questions, he was asking questions. We were like, you know, throwing ideas out at, you know, it was just like, wow. Like literally it was 3.30 in the morning and I realized, wait, where'd the night go? Yeah. Like when you're that locked into a conversation, it's like, we don't get that a lot. And so when I do get it, it's like, boom. you guys like, literally had like, we were having this huge dance party and we're dancing. We're I don't even remember it. You and, and usually like Aaron's up in the mix, right? He's teaching everyone the electric slide. He's dance like he's up in the mix, right? As we talked about 
they were literally locked in a corner the entire night, did not say one word to anyone else. And, and his wife and I, Aaron, we would like go, we'd go up to them like, are you guys okay? Like, do you want to hang out? Like, we're fine. Like, get out of here. Like, you were just so locked in this conversation mm-hmm. of just, like you said, a, a beautiful back and forth flow that you guys were just connecting and it was funny because that's so out of character for you yeah that's usually something i do no i'll get locked in with a conversation and it's like this is so good like it's like and then, you're missing what's yep. around you yeah yeah totally and i think too it's like crazy because we've also seen i think it was at the same work party that we were at like seeing like the whole thing of um not only social iq but situational awareness of just like i would be locked in a conversation actually having a good one and i would just hear like hey hey Hey, 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 hey. And it's like, wow, do you, you can tell when people are engaged, right? Like, and I would never interrupt that. And if I had to interrupt that, I'd be like, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt this conversation. I just have something really quick that I wanted to add, like in this, and then I'll, I'll let you get back to your conversation, right? But like, it's just like, are, are we children? Like, we're grown yeah. ass adults. Like, do you not see when people are really in a conversation and to like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then it's just like, look at this picture and like, look at this picture and look at this picture and look at this picture and look at this. And it's like, uh, we were like in we the middle of- Just talking. Yeah, like, okay, like, what is this? Like, I see that so much. I see it at work. I see it all the time. You're just like, okay, like that's done. And then there's no coming back to that conversation. It's gone, right? Yeah. Like moments over, especially we as adults now have such short attention spans. It's like when you do latch onto something like that, it's amazing to be able to have that kind of thing. But you see the that type of interaction going on all the time. It's very weird. It's and, bizarre. And yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, the the um distraction, the people interrupting, that that is one thing, the interrupting. And that's something that I I hate, like, I, mm-hmm. I, if you're, t- like, okay, so, as, as a couple, right, you and I, we definitely will interrupt each other, mm-hmm. and that's something that we have to work on all the time, where I feel like, especially, maybe not all the time, like, if we're in a heated conversation, or if we're, um, business. Yeah, like we'll tend to like interrupt each other and it's something that we have to really work on because, you know, I'll be like getting on you to like stop interrupting me. Like you, you're doing it all the time and, you know, I get so annoyed, but then like the next breath I'm interrupting you and it's like, okay, like you're doing the same thing. And so that's definitely something that we have to get better at is being able to let somebody finish a thought and then saying what you want to say. I feel like in my, so in my relationship, I can definitely be an interrupter. I think because we're so close that, and we get so passionate about things that it's like you just get in there. When I'm very passionate about something, I can be more um, aggressive with my speaking, even in social situations. Mm -hmm. I can be very opinionated and it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, I want to tell you. But I would say, like, in most dynamics in my friendships and stuff, I would not be considered an interrupter. I feel like I do kind of listen. And I think that... So when when I get interrupted for somebody to continue talking about themselves, like, that is... I have very little tolerance for that. 
Totally. And I think too, it's like, uh, we've even said, number one, um, the whole thing that I, I learned as well is trying, like using a skill to try to work on allowing somebody to completely finish their thought before you have a thought of what to respond to. And that might cause a small portion of silence, but be okay in the silence and then ask your questions. Because if you are, if you're speaking to me, if Kim is talking to me and the whole time I'm just thinking about what to respond, I'm missing what she's saying because now my thoughts are rolling and that's about being present in the conversation. That is a very difficult skill to learn and it's something it's I'm like the hardest thing ever. constantly working on because it is so difficult, especially when it comes down to like Kim says something in business about an idea and I instantly, it triggers something and all I want to do is wait for that pause for her so I can get in, but I've totally missed everything else that she's saying. And I think like one thing that we've struggled on too is because we want to listen and not interrupt, we also put one of those little white sand game timers on the other person talking. And so we do. I feel like there's a level of like, if I'm trying to share, if I've been sharing long enough and you've been listening, but you have a thought, you feel like you have to say your thought before you forget because I might say something else that then you have to respond to that, but then you'll forget what you were originally going to say. So there's a game timer on like how long of a space I have to share. So then I tend to want to share quickly. So then that way I can get my whole point out. And a lot of times I save my structures of my sentence to like build up my point to then land my point at the end. And I miss that end point that I want to land because you've already jumped in because I pause to breathe. Or you just take too long to get to the point. Wrap it up, wrap it up, yeah. wrap it up, right? But yeah. like you have a timer on me. I, yeah, that's so true. I do. I feel like that's that's something that we I've gotten a lot better at. You have. Would you agree? One hundred percent. That was definitely so because I'm. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> weird because I feel like I am a storyteller, but I'm also very to it, the point. Okay, but it depends on the situation, but. Yes, like if we're just shooting the shit and we're like at di- at dinner having martinis, telling stories, then, you know, that's a different type of a conversation. If we're sitting down and it's something about like business or something that I need to know or I'm kind of like cut out the fluff and get to the details. I'm very like wrap it up, wrap it up. And I and I was really bad at that like years ago, not not that long ago, but like a while ago. Like this has been a, a thing I've been working on for a long time because I'd always be like, get to the point, like what do you, get it out, get it out. And you were like, but I'm trying to like process this and like get, I'm trying to get my thoughts out. And I'd always be like, I know, but there's so many details lost in that. Like my brain just needs you to tell me what you need to tell me. And so I would get like impatient. So you're listening in your way, not yeah, listening, exactly. being present. Right. Exactly. Cause I'd be like, wrap it up. I do feel like I've gotten a lot better, but it's definitely something which is really interesting. Cause I'm very, um, I feel like I'm good at conversation. I feel like I'm a conversationalist. I know how to carry a conversation. I know how to ask questions and share and blah, blah, blah. Like, I do think I'm pretty good at that for the most part. But saying that, I'm also like, yeah, but I guess in certain situations, I can also be very, like, with people. Like, get to the point. Yeah. Like if somebody is going on and on and on, I don't have a lot of patience for that. Right. Like I'm very like, get it out, get it out. Like enough, enough. 
wrap it up. Keep the details that matter. Keep the stuff that ma- that In adds your to your opinion. But like you're going on and on. I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. Like wrap this shit up. So maybe I'm not the best at conversation. So. You know what? I, I think everything I said, I have no I, clue what I'm talking about. I, I would <laughs> say in in the spectrum of conversationalists, you're in the high, you know, high percentage, right? But obviously, like we've said, we obviously have things to work on, like yeah. all the time. And it's a constant work in progress. And you have to take things that way and learn and grow and like take like situations and like replay them and be like, how did I show up in this? And like I said, it it comes back to that use less index fingers and more thumbs. And like, you know, just seeing like, there's times where, you know, retracing conversations and it's like, did I inquire three questions into what somebody said? Because that's something I've had to work on. So that's something I do. Like I try my hardest and I'm not the best at it to ask three questions to like figure out what somebody is saying. So if they started the conversation, because I like to look back and be like, wow, did I just go story for story? Because a lot of times people don't want to give me like what they did and then I'm answering immediately to like, well, Kim and I traveled to Patagonia and we hiked the W track twice. Like, no, it's not about tit for tat either. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's not. But I think we all share our own stories. But I think, yes, adding value to someone else's story and then coming back to yours like there's a rhythm there's a flow there's a whole like dance a dance yes conversation's a dance like i feel like catch it is but there's there's more rhythm and being intuitive to it as well it's not just you know um you have to be like aware of of kind of just how you're being what is the is the other person tuning out i mean honestly there's been times i've been talking to somebody and I'm making it very visible. I am not into this. I'm annoyed. I'm kind of looking around or like you're, you can, you can read cues when people are kind of just not Good interested thing. and they don't get it. They're still going. They're still, it's just like, bro, like take a class, get a fucking clue, you know? And I think being home now, because we've been traveling for 10 years, we're back home in Florida and you know, there's, we have a lot of people here that are people that we know from when we used to live here and all that. And, and so as we, we've talked about this so many times, like you grow and you change and and sometimes people grow and they change and like, you're all, you know, still connected. And then there's other people that don't as much and you kind of fall away. And I think all of that's fine. And we have people that, you know, are that we love and that people that you still care about that, but just aren't, um, the same connection and I think that like learning that is like I want to be surrounded by people that elevate me that add value and not in a way of like oh I'm like better than everybody and you have to add value that's not what I mean I mean when we hang out do I feel good when when we're when we're together when we leave like did we did we connect did 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 you make me think did we share did we laugh like I want to feel good when we're together I want it to be easy I want it to be a beautiful flow where we're both sharing a life together and it's not one-sided and if we can't do that that's okay but I have zero interest in putting any time into relationships that are not fed on all the levels. Well, correct. And I think it's... And that's it. That's where I'm at. Well, and it's funny because like you said too, and I this is the last thing I'll say is just like, look at social media, right? Like 
when you say from a business point of view, did it add value? And there's so many different levels that you can add value. There's literally the dumbest videos on TikTok that I watch because I know I'm going to laugh. Yeah. I added value. So it doesn't have to be an in-depth conversation that I laughed, that I learned, that I grew, that I became better, that you challenged me, that I... No, it's like, did we have a conversation where we literally laughed the whole time? That's valuable, mm -hmm. right? It could have been literally about pointing out the acorns on the tree, but if you found it in a funny way and I'm laughing, that's value, mm -hmm. right? Like when there's just nothing there, that's when it's like, okay, like yeah. I don't have time for this in my life and I don't want to make time for that anymore. Exactly. Like our friends, Joe and Sarah are coming to stay with us next week. Joe and Sarah, they're PTs um, and they're awesome. They're also huge travelers and they're just like people we really care about and connect with. And like they're coming to stay with us and I feel like I know that when we're going to, we're going to have great conversation. Like they ask good questions. We ask questions. We want to know what's up with them. They want to know what's up with us. Like it's such an exchange of just like energy that it feels good. Like you, we feel, it feels good when we're together, you know, we and don't feel drained. No, that's yes. Like there are some people that like you just spend time with and you leave and you're so drained and you feel like You've given everything you can or, or it's been or held sucked on. out. Yeah. yeah. Like just, oh, I'm holding on to this karma. I'm holding yeah. it. I'm holding it. I'm holding space for you. I'm holding space. And now I'm just like, oh. I have nothing left to get. I've always said it felt like the, when you see witches on like movies, I told you that some conversations that I've had where the witches are holding the power and like, it's the one way that I can describe it. And they're holding and they're holding and they're holding the force field. And then after the force field dies, they're just like, oh. It's like, like a good orgasm. Yeah okay you're per just like <laughs> perfect and then you're just done yeah right you but just i lay there limp i wouldn't put it in an orgasmic kind of way because i don't feel orgasmic after that type of exchange oh, you just feel like drain, drain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like i just i put all my power in holding this force field of focus for you that like now i i can't let it go and now i have no power left yeah and i'm you, done you've got nothing left to go yeah. yeah i'm not into the energy suckers i'm exhausted and i never said a word yeah, that's that. Oh my God. That's interesting. That's I've, I've worked with people like that where yeah. you're just like, you have sat there the entire time <laughs> and just talked and I've not said one word and I can't keep my eyes open. And I'm like literally crawling out of the hospital. Yeah. I have nothing to give. Yeah. It's crazy how people can have that sort of, especially when it's just like negative too, um, but I that's a whole nother That's a whole podcast yeah, for another the negative time. thing. But I, and the other thing I was going to say too, is like when we're talking about meaningful relationships and especially creating this as, as adults, right? Because, you know, again, we've been travelers for 10 years and we have friends all over the country, but we're now also in Florida and like wanting to create that home as well. Right. And being very choosy with who we want to put the energy into. And again, that I feel like, and maybe, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of sounding better than people or something. And like, that's not at all my intention. I think I, I mean like people who are, cause when I'm like at our level, but that are like-minded and that yeah. are easy to be with and share the same values and have the same interests and also know how to go back and forth and show interest in your life and vice versa. And right? I would even say, I would even add an aspect of challenging you. 
Well, so that was the, yes, the challenging, like I want to be with people that elevate my thinking, that make me think. That's one thing I love about Joe. And when he came, um, he and Sarah came on our Peru trip, he would just ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it created so much depth within the conversations because he would ask questions and it would like really make you think and it would Mm -hmm. challenge you. And it would, I love conversations like that where you really do need to tap into something and think about something and and be like, how do I feel about mm-hmm. that? I love people that do that. And I love to be challenged. I love to think. Well, for instance, he said, he asked me on the trail. It was just him and I, we were walking. And he, he turned around. It was silent. We were just enjoying the beauty. And he turned around. He was like, hey, man, um, if you had to tattoo five things on your body that actually represented you, like, what would those be? And I was just like. You're like, what? What? And then I sat with it for a minute. And I was like, that's super powerful. And like, it made me think about myself. And then like, I couldn't wait to ask him and hear her answer. And like, but then it created conversation. Like he has sushi tattooed. Why? Because he loves food and he loves Asian cuisine and like blah, blah, blah. And he has music because, you know, notes and like music is a big thing for him. And like, it was just like, wow, like that's really cool because then I can be like, well, what kind of music do you like? And what's your favorite type of food? And and where's the favorite place you've eaten? Like just that conversation led to so much more and it was one question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I love that. And that's okay. So that's what I mean about the, the, when conversations go somewhere where you, where you meet those people that you feel like there's so much you can play off of that. You're like, damn, like I want to remember to come back to this because I really want to talk to them about this. And then it's like, but you move on to another conversation and it's like, Oh, but we could come back to this. Like there's so much there. And we're, we're going to Colorado in two weeks. And we're going to meet up with our friends, like our travel friends, like TravCon friends. So Joe and Sarah will be there and Skip and Jazz. There are another Jacob. Uh, PT, Laura and Jacob from Nomadicare, Stephen Allen, who we love. Another, Alex we have a lot of Alex and Keaton, PT Julia. Friends. I know, it's yeah. all PT. Um, but like, I know that it is going to be great conversations we're gonna challenge each other with convert because laura and jacob are also we love them jacob if you're listening we love you um he i feel like i love spending time with them because we always have like we're obviously all entrepreneurial but like so we kind of always have like these questions about different things but i feel like they we just, they ask good questions and we go deep and we, but it's fun. And it's like, there's always going to be like depth to the conversation. Like Laura is known for like always asking the best questions, the best, like, and and she, and it's just, you're just like, wait, what? Like, but it's also, you can have fun, but then it's followed up by an in-depth question, but it also might be, Hey, you guys did this. And I want to challenge why you did that and thought about that and not this. Yes. And then it's like, so you're, you're getting your point of view out. I feel this is great what you guys did. I would have done it this way. Why didn't you? And what do you think about that? And then you're like, wow, like, where'd you come up with that? And like those challenging, but fun, but then we can also just laugh and have a good time. Yeah. And also just shoot the shit and be like, what's going on with you and your life? Like you've had a baby and you're doing this and you're doing that. And then like, great, what's going on with you guys? And, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't always have to be in depth conversations, but the point is, it's like, we're playing, you're having in depth conversations. You're catching up on life. You're laughing, you're sharing an experience. You're like-minded. And all of those people that we're meeting in Colorado are the people that I'm like, I cannot wait to connect. And I know it's just going to be such a, 
uh, yeah, shared game of catch where everyone is going to share. We're all going to ask and you leave being filled up of like, wow, like I feel like I got a lot. I gave a lot. We connected, we learned, we shared and we laughed, we laughed, we were inspired. Like I'm just, we had a good fucking time Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's funny because we're going to like one of the most adventurous places around which is awesome in Durango, Colorado, which is going to be so much fun, but I literally with that group could literally sit in a house and not leave. I know. Like that's the crazy part about that. Yeah. So it's just like the adventures are going to be great, but I could just sit and chat. Yeah. So I think that's the except minus the kids. All the kids <laughs> yeah. will be there. Aaron and I are going to be well and Skip and Jazz, which I'm so happy they're going cuz like I love them. They're so much fun. And they're like our spirit couple, but they're all, they also don't have kids. So we'll be the, oh, and Joe and Sarah don't have kids, but, um, we'll be like the only ones there. Everyone else will have their kids. So I feel like the kids are the buzzkill. Another story for another podcast. We're not, we're not kid people, <laughs> but, um, but I think moral of the story is I think knowing yourself to know who your people are. And I think as we've gotten older, as we travel, as we meet so many different people, we are like figuring out who our people are and who, who are the people you want around you? Who's in your circle? Who are the people you want to call? You want to spend time with? You want to travel with? You want to share your life with, right? Because you can only do that with so many people on a real level, you know? And so who is that? And then knowing, you know, what you're no longer willing to tolerate. And I'm not willing to tolerate people who are not willing to inquire about me and have, I'm not willing to have a one-sided relationship anymore. I don't care how long we've known each other. I don't care how much, like, I'm just not here for that. I don't have the energy for it. Well, Kim just told you more of the story when it comes down to index fingers. I'll give you more of the story when it comes down to thumbs evaluate your conversations and how you show up in conversations. Do I talk too much? Have I inquired? Do I care? What can I work on? How can I be a better conversationalist? Because I think if we could all become better conversationalists and actually do twice as much listening as we do speaking, the the world would be a better place. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't even know if I have anything to add to that. I think that's a beautiful way to end it of just, we wanted to share this and, and see if it resonates with anyone and you know, asking yourself tough questions about how you show up in your relationships and what you can work on. And Aaron and I are always doing that too, of like, how can we be better? And I'll give give you guys a challenge. But also what you want in a relationship. And are you, and I think this comes up a lot with travelers because we move around all the time and a lot of us will go home and we kind of go back into old relationships and friendships and whatever. And we've realized a lot of times we've changed and that kind of stuff. And so also just being really honest with yourself about, you know, what your expectations, not expectations, but like, what are you, what do you need in a relationship? And are you getting that? And sometimes we have to reevaluate relationships when we're really clear of what we want and desire and what we're, uh, what we want to, who we want to share our life with. And that's, that's, it's a two relationships are two way street. Like you said, how are you showing up and what are you, what do you desire in the partner that you're showing up with? Totally. And I I would even say that practicing what we're saying is like, if you've had conversations with us and feel like we could improve in in some way, reach out and let us know. Don't tell me. (laughs) I want to know. Cause I mean, it's what we talked about on our walk. Like, do you, do you have anything in, in sharing this with this podcast that you're not willing to like, 
wow, do I show up as I'm talking? As I see myself, do I see myself as the person that is being represented, right? Like, is that the perception that other people are getting? Because I'm also interested in how I can improve on that too. Yeah. Especially being in a lot of social environments, leading adventure trips, I've been thrusted into a position that I've had to self-evaluate. And so oh. I, I think like, how am I showing up? Am I showing up with the way that I'm actually talking that like I think I do? That's a big, that's another big part of this. Con- yes, 100%. Because the, the adventure trips are bringing up stuff for us that we get to work on to be better. And, and a lot of stuff has come up for us of like, we could, we really need to work on this, right? If mm-hmm. we're, we're with people and we're, you know, showing up and we want to create the best experience, like, like we got to work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot has come up for us of just like how we can be, um, better in social situations and cool. all that. So. We'll be socially aware enough that we've gone over the hour. Um, so we'll be socially worry, aware we'll get of, of your, of your time. And I'll tell you all the things you can improve. Oh, <laughs> awesome. I'm just kidding. Can't wait. <laughs> Great. That was a joke. Was it? Was it? <laughs> wink, wink. If you go back wink. to psychology, there's no wink. such thing as a joke. You say things and then see the response of another person. That's the first lesson I learned in psychology. What kind of class are you taking? Psychology. She said there's no such thing as a joke, whether it was right or wrong. She said people wait for the reaction of the other person to then follow up and say, I'm just joking. Ooh, that's interesting. Because it's a truth behind what they said that they're calling out because they noticed it. And then they're not sure how you're going to take it. So then they say it and then they say it in a funny way to be like, it's just a joke. I guess. Yeah. There, I think there is truth behind, I mean, look at comedians and stuff. Their jokes are based in truth. They're rooted in truth, but they're, they're turning into something funny. So yeah, I would say probably their most jokes do have truth, like embedded in them. I would question where, where did you think about that thought to say, because I'll tell you what you did wrong. Is there something in your head that triggered that? Yeah, because when you when you told the listeners to let you know, I thought it's funny that I'll say, "Don't worry, they don't need to tell you. I'll tell you." Because that I always, I was always the one telling you all the things that we talked about. Full circle moment from the beginning of the podcast where I was putting so much energy into being like, trying like, "Hey, you could work on this. You could do this." Blah blah, blah. and like, I was always like trying to help you, quote unquote help you, coach you. So it was kind of a funny back to that of like, don't worry, I'll tell you when we get off. Well, I don't know what this means, but anyway. <laughs> We're doing quotes. <laughs> anyway. Help, quote unquote, <laughs> help you. Right, but I would say to prove my point, was there something that came up in your mind I just that told you, you that you were going to tell me. No, I'm saying. Oh, no, not at all. That I do wrong. Oh, what, no. did, did one thought pop up in your mind? No. Of something that I do wrong? No. So we that was it. technically just a joke then. Yeah, it was a play on the beginning of the Because I would podcast. say if you go back to your thought process, if something popped up that you know that I need to work on and then you said, I'll be the one to tell you. Oh, no, no, we've already talked about that. Then it like, would prove my point that you had something, but then you were just like, I'm just joking. No, I think you're fishing, bro, because there's nothing okay. I got. All right. I got nothing for you. We've already right. talked about it all. Okay. On all the right. step. We'll end it with that. All right. Two to lose. <laughs> Two to lose? I mean, it's always interesting. If, well, you, don't, also, if, if it, you don't hang till the end of the podcast and just hear Kim sign off <laughs> every week, it's totally different. Also, I'll just end it on this. Like, if some people say <sighs> that I, if I curse too much or something, and it's like, well, then you're not my people. Like, if you're offended, that's what I mean with all of this, too. It's just like, uh. you know, if, like, some, 
we're not all for each other, you know? And <laughs> sometimes we don't mesh. And if, if you're somebody who gets offended by, you know, cursing or like, then you don't listen. You're not our people. Goodbye. I literally don't give a flying fuck. Goodbye. Right. Well, it's funny. We <laughs> had somebody on our training say, can you watch your curse words? Cause I'm grand I'm babysitting my granddaughters and we're like, just turn off the training then. Yeah. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. <laughs> like it, it's just, it's, it, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. Like I'm going to curse sometimes and I'm going to be myself. And if you find anything that I say offensive, I don't care. Don't listen. Right. Obviously you're not being nasty. To people. Yes, I am. No, I'm just saying, like, there's, I believe that there's a level of offensive that people have taken, granted, we're getting off on a yeah, total yeah, listen, this, conversation, but I'm just saying, you're, you're cursing. If you're offended by I that, mean. then, like, you're not literally that's going after mean. people. Oh, I'm, no. Because you're saying, if you're offended by what I'm saying, then go if fuck yourself, If you're offended by me being, but, like, my tits are out, like, you're in the wrong, well, you're right. on the wrong show. Sexual connotation, uh, drama... And cursing. If you're offended by those three things, then Kim doesn't care. Then I don't care. Because that's like pretty it's much wraps up who you are. That, that, those three <laughs> things sum up who I am. No, wow. <laughs> we need to end this because you're in trouble. <laughs> you're telling stories. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. yes. All right. Okay. Anyway, we're out. Bye. See you next week. Hope you got something from this.